What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Croatia podcast. I'm your host, Stanko Zovak, and I'm bringing you the best of Croatia from around the globe. This episode is brought to you by Adriatic Tours, the best place since 1974 to book your cruises, tours, flights, and simply all things Croatia. Use the personalized code ALLTHINGSCROATIA to get a special discount and book your trip to Croatia today. For more information, go to www.adriatictours.com or click the link in the description. Now eat the modalje and let's get started. Well, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. On this episode, we have special guest Ella Mishe. Ella is a Croatian writer and actress living in the U.S. who has worked on many different projects, including writing her own works, working with Adam Sandler, and projects for Croatia's Hayrte. Uh, in this episode, we're going to hear her story of immigration and how she's repping Croatia in the film industry. Ella, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Stanko, for having me. And I think it's wonderful that that you have your own podcast displaying all of us fantastic Croatian people around the world. So um, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I appreciate you taking the time for uh, you know coming on the podcast here. I know you're busy. You've got a busy career. Uh, but before we get started with that, you know, I want to I want you to tell us a little bit about uh, growing up because you were born and raised in Trogir. How was that? Yeah. Actually, I've never been to Trogir. Yeah, Trogir is one of the most beautiful places, you know, in the coast. Uh, as most of us that come from the coast would say about our smaller or bigger towns or islands. Um, I was born in Trogir. Um and I moved to the States when I was 12 um, because of my mom's music career. Uh, my mom's a singer. And uh, we didn't know if we would stay right away, but it just sort of happened that we just ended up staying for so long. Uh, but yeah, I growing up in Croatia, to me, you know, it's at, early, at an early age, it was like stuck in time. So, you know, I remember friends from like uh, fifth grade and I still, every time I see them now, you know, in the Riva or something, I'm like, oh, hey, you know, to me, they're still 12. To me, we kind of pick up conversations from years gone by and it's always has some sort of um, big nostalgia and sentimentality to me, you know, and it's so wonderful to see my friends go on and have families, great careers. Um, so I, I miss it. The big challenge when I moved here, I didn't really speak English whatsoever. And I mean, I understood a bit, but what made it worse is that I was very, very shy. I was like the shyest kid you could ever find. And these days I'm more of a blabber mouth, but back then, <laughs> um, I was super shy and even if I knew how to say something, I just wouldn't. And I used to just read a lot. I like very nerdy, spend time at the library with like an English American, you know, translating dictionary. This is before we kind of had flip phones. They couldn't really do what our phones do today. So, um, so it was very tough uh, when I first moved and I hated it here. And I was like, I want to go home to my grandpa and just like a, a set life that we had. It was really beautiful growing up, you know? Um, and then slowly but surely, I sort of grew to love America as well and, and found myself here. It took a while, but well, I- That's I, a huge change. Yeah. Is it, you were what, 12 years old when you left? Yeah, I was 12 and it was a very tough, tough time to sort of pluck someone out of, you know, and I was very like traditional kid, you know, um, it was very hard, but um, 
it took some time. And then I always found that writing helped me through. Like I wrote poetry, short stories that later switched into uh, stage plays. My first stage play I ever wrote after I graduated from college was called Manhattan Lavender. Manhattan meaning New York where I'd been living. Uh, and then lavender makes me think of home, you know, like fields of lavender and stuff like that. And it really talks about a person that comes out of college and is identifying, you know, as a Croatian. At the time, nobody knew what that meant. You know, like, you know, well, it's a small country right next to Italy and we have the bluest sea because the plankton from the African Gulf comes up and they're like, what are you talking about? Okay. You know, um, so so I tried to incorporate that into um, it was tougher before, but now I'm so glad that I was born there because what we bring as individuals to a gigantic country like America, it's so important to have the individualism of culture or whatever that may be for the person, you know, and have the difference because those are the things that stand out that makes somebody go like, oh, like you have a slight accent or are you Italian? Like, where are you from? And then all these new conversations pop up. And of course, I feel like Croatia has become just, you know, the new French Riviera, I would say in, in the world of tourism and everyone going there. So I'm very proud to be Croatian. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Croatians in general, for some reason, are I feel like the proudest people. Like every Croatian is always so proud. You'll always find each other in you know all parts of the world. Other Croatians, I don't know. It's it's crazy, but it it really I really feel like Croatians are just the proudest yeah. people. I don't know. <laughs> well, there's a lot to be proud of. You know, the, the athletes we have. I mean, this World Cup. I mean, did you watch a little bit of, of the course, World Cup? Yeah, I watched all of it. Yeah, so I kind of bought between New York and LA in chunks of time. And I was here in LA and I was up at 6 a.m. watching the game and sat at this cafe. And I next to me, there there was this girl and she's like, oh, you're Croatian? I'm like, yeah. And of course, I'm like yelling and, you know, and she's like, you know, I, I lived in Croatia for like 10 years as like exchange student. I'm like, what? And she was born in India, then moved to the States, moved to Croatia, came back. And it just, Croatia's become a part of her culture too, you know? So it was just so wild to um, to see, very unexpected. But yeah, we're very, and she was very proud of her Croatian side too, you know? She was rooting <laughs> on, just wild, so. Oh, that's pretty cool to see. I sort of one more question on that. Um line of thinking before, you know, we get into your career a little bit. Uh, you were talking about, you know, your identity, self-identity as a Croatian, as an American. Was there a point when you were, maybe when you first moved or as you were growing, you know, up over there in the U.S. that you felt like, like one or the other, like, oh, I, I want to be American, I want to fit in. And then maybe later on in life, that's when you sort of embrace that, you know, dual identity. I'm a Croatian, but I also have, you know, this American side as well. Yeah, well, when I was younger, let's say middle school, it was very difficult. Um, um, a, you know, a lot of kids get bullied, obviously, in school. And, and my bullying had nothing to do with like being Croatian. It was just like being young and kids picking on each other. So it was very tough. Um, but later, later, what's funny is when I'm here, 
in the States, I don't feel American enough. When I'm in Croatia, I don't feel Croatian enough. <laughs> because there are particular things like in, um, let's say, people here in the States say, oh, my God, you're like, you kind of have like a different mannerism, you know, outside from like a thin, you know, a pinch of accent that comes in and out sometimes. But they're like, oh, you could tell that that I'm different, that I wouldn't like um, do certain American things. Like it took me a very long time to like wear sweatpants but, you know, back in the day, which is like <laughs> a very American thing to me. You know, oh. um, I still cannot do the flip flop thing and sock thing out here in L.A. I just I, um, like I still cannot do that. Um, so for me these days, um for a while, I, I felt like I don't really belong in either place. But then I, oh, as always, you have to flip, flip it to the positive. It's like I get the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I had been born here, I would have been cut off of so many little things in life that you learn, let's say, through your grandparents, through your parents that live in a different place where simple things like in Croatia, um, growing up you know we had stuff we had things let's say christmas you get one or two things there was never a thing like i i came here and then my stepbrothers and stepsisters would open up like 20 presents and i'm like why i i would feel so not that they couldn't my parents couldn't afford it they could but i would just feel so odd like there's just so much here and I feel like a lot of times people in the States kind of never mind the fact that there's so much of every, so much opportunity, so many things. You don't just get like one carton of milk. You'll just get like three um, buying in bulk, I feel like is a U.S. thing versus back home. I don't know, maybe. And I'm talking like about the 90s. You know, my grandpa used to go to the grocery store every day to get the fresh bread to and it smelled so good and fresh and just like those things that like when I walk the streets of Trogir I still smell it and and the people that are long gone it, they come back through the smells and these beautiful little traditional things um that's what I miss the most but I appreciate both I think having two um makes me like a different fuller person to to myself mm -hmm. I, yeah. well we were just talking <laughs> off camera you mentioned that you're you're able to go back what once a year almost every summer yeah sometimes uh I go every summer a couple of uh, two three years ago I worked on a tv show called what's up America um which we shot here but even four years before that I worked on a really nice docu-series for MasterCard called Five, about five women all around the world, um, sort of really perspiring in their businesses. And, and the business sort of came from something very, a sad part in their lives and they switched it to a positive and now they're striving. So I got to be in Croatia like twice a year. Um, I was there to shoot that for two months, came back here um, and then came back again for the summer. So twice a year or once a year uh, depends on work honestly yeah. well you mentioned the, the what's up america uh, we might as well get into that now since you brought it up what was that and how did you get involved in that so what's up america was during the what i like to call the covidian era um so it the i 
became a part of that. A producer, Sandra Basso from Croatia, called me and she said, you know, we have these series where we want to interview um, business owners in the United States during COVID to be like, you know, it was kind of like the ending sort of of COVID and where are they now, how they're affected, where, wh what do they think they're, where they're going. And so we did a bit in New York. Um, uh, it was the West Coast, Washington, sort of interviewed like all these people. They, the producers from Croatia were supposed to come here, but at the time, all the European, um, like everything was kind of shutting down and nobody could, I guess, come to the States. I believe that was what was going on. So I was on the airport on the way to Seattle and she calls me, she's like, I can't come. You're gonna have to run the show by yourself. Like, you know, it was myself, camera and sound. And that was it. So I had to write the stories, interview the person. And every two days it was a new city. I'm like, okay, great, no problem, sure. Um, <laughs> you know, and I really love that kind of work, especially like docu-series where you get to, you know, ask questions to me is like easier. Um, and you get to learn so many wonderful people around the States. So that's how that came about. Um, and the co-host was, you know, Croatia's renowned Mr. Goran Milic, who's, you know, had a tremendous career. So, and funny enough, up until today, we've only ever met through Zooms. So made the show, went on Hired um, and it was during COVID. So it did really well. Everybody watched it. And I believe they're on third season now. Uh, I think it's called What's Up Israel or something. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. It sounds like a cool experience. Have you been able to, I mean, do you have plans to work with any other? Because that was only for a Croatian audience, right? Did they dub everything into Croatian or subtitles? It was all in Croatian. I spoke half Croatian, half English in it. Um and it was, yeah, it was all for Croatian audiences. And I believe it's maybe on YouTube now too. I'm not sure what kind of the, the deal is with the TV station there. I don't know what. Mm -hmm. Do you have plans to continue working on, on projects with Croatia or in Croatia? I would love to. Yeah, I would love to shoot a movie there. Um, I would love to. Most of my work kind of has been here um, mm -hmm. outside of those two. But I would love to, you know, I, I, would just love to yeah well, yeah beautiful scenery for shooting movies especially I guess like summer movies lately there's been a lot I think um, or a so, couple. Many, yeah. so many films tv shows um I mean it's the most beautiful backdrop you can make it look you know it's medieval it could be contemporary it's um a beautiful place yeah mm -hmm. um well aside from Croatia what sort of other parts of your career have you been involved in um, as far as you know writing and um, acting mm -hmm. so I've you know graduated from Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York as an actor um, started off with you know acting a bunch writing stage plays which moved into writing like short films and and features so these days I act produce direct um, and write, obviously. I feel like it's a time where in my industry, unless you get very lucky or know someone, you can't just do one thing, at least for me. Like I, I actually love the part of me that's a producer 
you just kind of like write your own stuff, you put it together or, you know, you get hired on different projects. Suddenly, like everyone's like, oh, you're producing. To me, it just means really putting it together, making it happen, whatever you need to do, whether that's acquiring cast or figuring out finance or getting on board rest of creatives. So yeah, I've had, it's hard to explain, like so many things from docuseries to TV stuff. My latest project was uh, the movie Hustle, Adam Sandler film that's on Netflix. Uh, so that was one of my first actually, you know, gigantic studio pictures that I had done. I came onto the project on the producing side um, as cast associate to all the NBA guys. So it was really kind of working with them. And um, it was amazing because basketball was not a big part of my life. And I feel like I now know everybody in the NBA <laughs> and <laughs> I watch a lot of the games and I root forever the team that my friend is on. And it's a whole new perspective on, on basketball. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. Yeah. I love basketball. I love Adam Sandler. That, so for me, that was a great movie. What was it like working with uh, basketball players when you're used to working with actors? Was it, did they seem natural or you could, you know, tell where there's some that were better than others? That's a great question, actually. Um, they, I believe because, you know, to be in the NBA, you have to be very disciplined. So they actually would listen. They were really fantastic. Wancho, I feel like, you know, the lead with Adam, he was just a natural talent. I don't think he knows how talented he is with acting. Some people just have it. And he just brought like this truth and vulnerability to it. He just sort of had it. Um, and the rest of the guys were really easygoing. If there was like an issue, it'd be just like, oh, wait. So now we like have three hours just to go to the trailer. But like, why can't I just go home? You know, like you shoot scenes in certain parts so that would be kind of like funny to like explain be like well actually so now we're doing this and then this other thing's gonna happen and so it's confusing at first but they got it and everybody was very happy to be there you know and to be a part of such a big film and Adam is so wonderful um the kindest person on earth pretty much just normal down-to-earth human being like I'll never not be nervous to even stand next to him because there's just so much respect to the work he does who he is um I thought like by like day 40 I'd be like over it but I'd be like he'd be like hey kid like um I wore a Brooklyn t-shirt one day he's like hey kid um so like, like he would just start talking about whatever. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. And like, I would just start sort of backing away as if to like leave because we're like on set. And like, why would you bother talking to me if you don't need anything from me? You know, uh -huh. but he just like wanted to know what I'm doing at the time of the feature that I produced in New York coming out. And he's like, oh, cool. How many minutes? Oh, cool. Who edited? Where'd you do color? I'm like, Adam Sandler like I, I'm like you're Adam Sandler who cares what I did I'm like it doesn't matter you know but I was like embarrassed and I forgot my own name uh -huh. I, it's just, yeah well, yeah he, you said down to earth that's what I was gonna ask yeah he seems super down to earth and I always see videos of him like just playing basketball and then you know anywhere he goes he's just wearing like basketball shorts and a big t-shirt or something 
like doesn't dress like he's a celebrity you know yeah no he's just very <laughs> nice yeah <laughs> yeah he's always been one of my uh one of my favorite actors and comedians uh yeah. speaking of, of comedy you said you told me that you love comedy and you were working on a sitcom or you finished a sitcom yeah so um recently i got hired to be head of development at a new film production company called the american troubadours um and you're you'll hear about it shortly we have a couple of films um in pre-production some are about to start shooting etc so working on a tv sh it's a sitcom i can't talk of, like i can't say the title of it or really in depth of what it is but it's a lot it's set in la and so being out here is so great. And I'm just catching those moments of, of what LA is and these little nuances about it that we are pushing through the story. So I love doing that. I, I It doesn't feel like a job. Every day I wake up, I have coffee and I just start working and then work with like my producer and like the CEO of the company. And it really just feels like you get to go out and play every day. Um, and I have to pinch myself. I'm like, is this my job to just create something cool and fun? It's very hard, but also the opportunity to get to do something like this from a kid like that <laughs> was born and raised in Croatia to work in, in Hollywood, let's call it, uh, with some wonderful people. And above all, have the opportunity to create something that like I like and stand behind, um, I just never thought would happen, you know? So it's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of the the dream, I guess. You know, the Hollywood, going to Hollywood and everything like that, especially coming from, you know, small town Throbiator, you could say, compared to LA, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. That's awesome that you get to be creative like that. And speaking of creativity, I saw that you're also a songwriter. Is that true? <laughs> That's true. I don't really talk about this, but sure. So, you know, I come from a music family. Uh, my mom is Tommy Michelle Tommy Misha, right, in Croatia. Um, and my uncle was the piano player in the Tutti Fruity band. I don't know if you know the band. Very familiar. Right. You would Spotify it. You'll be like, okay, they were quite really known in the 90s back home. So I grew up with gigantic music influence in my life, more than film even. And um, yes, I write songs. I've written for some others. I've recorded some stuff of my own. But honestly, I have about like 40 of my own songs that I've written uh, music and lyrics. I play the piano. I just write them and I do nothing with them. They're sitting in the drawer. <laughs> And uh, I play, you know, almost every day, wherever there's a piano, I'll, I'll hop on and sing something. My friends know, like, I sing and I write stuff, but, you know, I'll do it at parties and things. Um, but that's a really nice question. Thanks for putting me on the spot. Yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> I love it. It's a really, I love it so much. I'm going to work on putting it maybe in, in movies or somehow make use out of them because I do love them. Um, music to me is like a release whenever you're writing um, a script or even working on a character I was just like turn around play a song I'm like okay great back to work so I feel like maybe that's why I don't talk about it even you know um, 
sometimes I'll pull stuff out, you know, but I should dedicate more to that or include it in every day. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. But yeah, it's hard to, I play the guitar as well. I, I, well, I don't sing, but I've, you know, put together, made songs and I have to sing on them because, you know, I'm doing everything myself and it's a little, it's scary. I, I'm embarrassed, you know, of my voice and stuff like that. So I don't like to show people and, and tell people about that. But yeah, I've got some songs recorded too that I, <laughs> I won't show to the world either. But I think that you should. That's that's because I'm a horrible singer. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter if you if you sing from the heart. Just put it out there. It doesn't it doesn't matter. I think if all the great artists went to judge themselves, we wouldn't have some of the greatest art in the world. So just mm -hmm. do it. And don't worry about what happens later. What happens later? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do worry about that. So, but I'll try. I'll try to take your advice. I've got one last uh, deep dive question that I found on. Yeah. Uh, let me get the acronym right. I think it's NCAAF, the Croatian Federation. When you were um, on the list of forty under forty, top forty yeah. under forty uh, Croatian Americans, and I saw that you were in. You were on SNL in a sketch with Daniel Craig. Yeah. Okay. The the Croatian Federation of something, association something. I'm going to have to Google that right now so I don't get uh, it. <laughs> it's been a couple of years. Yeah. That was like a great honor to be appointed. And, and I met so many other wonderful, like 40 under 40. But that happened like when I was under 30 too. So it was like, whoa, this is cool. Um, it's nice to be recognized that it's a wonderful group and an organization. And what I love the most is that they had this big event and I got to meet other Croatians, similar age from all around the States, you know, and, um, and I just loved it. And they're just extraordinary people, you know, really great humans, uh, wonderful, successful group of young people, Daniel credit SNL thing. This is what it was. It was about, it's been some time. So when 007 came out, this was like seven years ago, I want to say. Um, yeah, about seven years ago, that movie came out. So my agent calls me and, and it was like 7 p.m. And she's like, hey, do you have a belly dancing outfit? Do you know how to belly dance? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And I'd never belly danced in my life. And... She's like, okay, so can you come into an audition? Uh, it's like for SNL, belly dancing scene. Um, you know, it's like intro scene that leads into a Daniel Craig, whatever scene, but like the Charlie's Angels parody, basically that was the thing. So I'm like, oh yeah, sure, I'll come. You know, so I did it, I auditioned. The next day she calls and she's like, okay, so you'll just come in like the live taping of SNL and like they'll choreograph it, whatever. So that was my bit with Daniel Krebs. And he just looked amazing. He looked like Madame Tussauds, like in a suit, like perfect. Just, it was also one of those moments where you just like can't speak or anything. Um, luckily, I remembered the choreography. Um, it was Mary Ringwald. I don't know if I'm saying her character or the actual, I forget the other actress's name. She's got red curly hair on SNL. Mm. I hope none of these guys see this um, bit <laughs> because it's terrible. I haven't talked about it. It's been like seven years. So I've forgotten. <laughs> She's a known person. 
anyway, but it was a great, great fun to to work with him and and all of that. So sometimes in the industry, you just say fake it till you make it. Just belly dancing. Yes, sure, go. You'll figure it out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I gotta try new things. Gotta get your foot in the door and just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I got two last questions for you here as we're winding down to the end of the episode. And actually, I found the acronym, and I'll say it right just to get that on record, the NFCACF. And they come out every year with the top 40 Croatian-Americans under 40 years old. Um, So the first one, these are just quick questions. Favorite food to eat when you're in Trogir or Croatia in general? Black risotto. Mm, yeah i'm not a huge risotto fan but i had the black risotto and i really liked it i forget black. where on the coast i was but it's very yeah I mean, black risotto or scampi you know scampi with some um swiss chard that's it <laughs> yeah. love it and last question for you i need you to give us your top three movies of all time oh my you god know. In order, hustle number one. Um, oh my God, um, everything ever by Guillermo del Toro. Mm. Okay, love him. And Great Expectations, the the film with Ethan Hawke and Gwyneth Paltrow. That's also maybe a decade old film. Mm-hmm. Wow, I was expecting some some comedies, some Adam Sandler or something. <laughs> Well, I started with Adam. I started with Hustle. Um, but no, oh, I hustle. love it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't understand. What yeah. Well, that was a great movie. And then classic, classic uh, films. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good then. You got a good mix there. Well, yeah. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come here on the podcast. Um, if you want to shout out, you know, your website or Instagram or any, you know, social medias or any links, you know, you can do so now before we end the recording. Um, I suppose follow me on Instagram for more fun and what I'm up to at Ella Mache. Thank you. Okay, great. And I'll, I'll uh, have you send me those links if you don't mind and I'll put them, you know, in the description. So everyone listening can go ahead and click on that. Uh, but Ella, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me and thank you for doing this. I think it's a fantastic platform. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you.